From the Sky News Centre at nine, Donald Trump has pleaded not guilty to 37 federal charges at a court in Miami. He's accused of illegally hoarding classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida while he was US president. Experts say it could be a year or more before a trial takes place. His spokesperson, Alina Haber, spoke outside the court. What is being done to the President Trump should terrify all citizens of this country. These are not the ideals that our democracy is founded upon. This is not our America. Police say the suspect behind a string of attacks in Nottingham this morning fatally stabbed a man in his 50s before stealing his van and trying to run over three people. Two 19-year-old students were killed beforehand. A man's in custody. A man's been convicted over the murder of his partner's nine-year-old son who was repeatedly abused and held in a cold bath at his home in Worcestershire. Alfie Steele's mother was found guilty of manslaughter following his death in Droitwich in 2021. Documents related to how prepared the UK was for a pandemic have been shown to the official COVID inquiry, with the lead lawyer claiming we were taken by surprise. Bereaved relatives held a vigil outside, while inside proceedings began with a film detailing families' experience of loss. Mum was our world. I asked the nurse about her belongings, and she said, um, I'm sorry, everything will be incinerated. You know, so mummy's wee glasses... All her 90s and dressing gowns were all going to be incinerated. Basic wages increased by 7.2% between February and April compared with the same period last year. The Office for National Statistics says that's the largest growth it's seen outside of the pandemic. And a heat health alert's been extended for the whole of England until Monday. That's the latest. I'm Fader Silver. It is appealing Everything the traffic will allow Nowhere could you have that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra bow There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you opened and there you are Stay on your dressing room, they found a star. Let's go on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman. All things theatrical and musical theatre, packed full of hopefully interesting interviews with those creatives involved in theatre and musical theatre, but also some great show tunes too. I'll tell you what's coming up very, very soon, but we're going to start with a song which seems appropriate. It's from a new musical uh, called Groundhog Day. You've probably seen the film. Well, this is If I Could Have My Time Again. Sometimes it's like I'm stumbling forward, hustled forward, jostled from behind by time. And sometimes it's like I'm being dragged, yet always lagging, trying to keep in time with time. But if I could stop the clock for just Just one day If 
Right Time Again, which is from Groundhog Day, the musical, which is on in the West End these days. I believe it's on Broadway as well. So uh, maybe coming to the north of England at some point as well. Who knows? Now, my first guest coming up very soon is Mike Batt. If you were listening to the show a few weeks ago, then you may have heard part one of this interview. If you're brand new, welcome. Lovely to have you along. And uh, we're going to be hearing that interview with Mike Batt, talking about his theatrical roots and his ambitions to put on a musical himself, a sort of jukebox musical of his career. Now, he's best known for his time with uh, The Wombles, maybe, but Bright Eyes which was, of course, uh, from a, a film uh, which was Watership Down and made a big success by Art Garfunkel, but he's done other stuff as well. So we'll be hearing from him soon, and he'll be hoping that his musical, if it does come along, does better than Bad Cinderella, the latest, newest musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which ran in the West End for a little while, but then cancelled and disappeared. It opened on Broadway, it replaced Phantom of the Opera, and by the way, we're going to be featuring music of Andrew Lloyd Webber in the second hour of the show today, but it, it's closed after just a few weeks there as well. Carrie Hope Flet- Fetcher was the star of it in this country. This is the title track from Bad Cinderella. Make your own judgement. I think this is quite good. Cinderella, Cinderella is the catty name that they call me. So sad, Cinderella. She's a loner, she's a loon, a loser, that's all me. Girl from the gutter, unpleasant peasant, no one and nutter, I'm a welcome present. Cruel taunts you mutter, every insult that you utter makes me strong. Don't you judge me when you live in plexiglass houses You're cruel and you're foolish With your trophy wives and interchangeable spouses Cold and uncaring, constantly staring Solely concerned with what you were wearing Gossip and shopping, I'm the opposite of
Carrie Hill Fletcher from Bad Cinderella, which ran in the West End, ran in Broadway, and now has disappeared. But we still got the recordings. Right, uh, Mike Bat, man behind the Wombles, and so many other great hits uh, more recently. Uh, Katie Mellower, for example, had a lot of success singing and performing songs by Mike Bat, produced by Mike Bat. So he's been a long-standing songwriter, and he told me in an interview I did recently that he has ambitions to put on his own musical. You're going to find out all about that now, but why is it taking so long? Why is it not already happening? You know, let's hope somebody listening to your show has got oodles of dosh spare and was going to leave it to the dog's home, decides that they'd rather leave it to the, the um, what, what do you call it, philanthropic artistic Mike Bat production fund, because that's what you need, it's funding. And, and it, uh, you know, I did come a cropper in the West End um, with a, a production, um, you know, it costs two, three, four million quid to put, put a, a show on. And uh, I nearly lost everything in ni- 1991 doing that with The Hunting of the Snark, which is, to this day, I would stand by it as being one of my, the the central piece of my life, my career. And if you had a gun to my head and said, look, we're, I've got a button I can press, that will um, eradicate everything you've done except one thing, um, what would it be? And, and I would, it wouldn't be Bright Eyes, it wouldn't be The Wombles, it wouldn't be uh, Winter's Tale, it would be The Hunting of Stark that I would choose to keep for posterity. Um, and um, I, why? Because it hasn't, it was successful on record in a few territories. It has been successful in concerts in in a few territories, uh, including here at the Albert Hall, which is on YouTube at the moment. So all your listeners can, all you've got to do is dial Mike Bat and uh, the Hunting of the Snark and the Royal Albert Hall, and it all comes up, um, and you can watch the whole show. But as you, as you say, you know, I am a theatrical animal. What, but because I've taken so many risks in my life, I always I haven't necessarily always had the funds, or the or or, or really the organisation to to raise the funds, um, because I'm always too busy doing too many other things, and that's that's why I come back to being a specialist. Um, as I say, I was stylistically greedy. Um, I'm sure there's a more attractive word than greedy. Maybe. It, it, Inquisitive might be a better word, but um, there are people. Let's say, let's name them: Cameron McIntosh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, who, who they don't pay for everything themselves necessarily. They could if they wanted to, but they bring in investors, and they, that's how they the sensible way of putting on a show, uh, which is in fact how I put Snark on. But in fact, it took me down, um, and it, I had to climb back up from it, and. Um, if, if if I had the funds today, yes, Men Who March Away, which, as you say, we filmed, but we only filmed it on one night in a church where I, I was given a free orchestra for a charity thing. And I suddenly said, oh, let's have some costumes and, oh, let's have some back projection. And before you knew it, I was selling vintage microphones to pay for it. And uh, we got one night out of it. And, the, and the, the actors in it, the young professional actors in it, they had... I think they worked out they had five, no, four Sundays, of which the mornings were taken up with me and 
the choreographer on the, with the dancers. So the actors themselves only had four afternoons to work out how to to perform the Men Who March Away for the uh, which was filmed for YouTube, not by YouTube and not by Netflix or anything like posh like that. It was it's rough around the edges. We didn't even have a time for a dress rehearsal. We just went on and did it. And uh, they did a wonderful job performing it. And I'm very proud of it. And it is on YouTube. But, and I would, as you said, I'd love to see that on. Um, I had a lot of interest from the Theatre Royal in Plymouth. Um, there's a, a chap called Adrian Vinken who runs the Theatre Royal in Plymouth. He has done from probably 25 years, I would imagine, because when I first wrote it, that's how long ago it was. And he was very, very keen on putting it up, putting it on, but I couldn't raise the money at the time uh, for to do that, because uh, even though you have a theatre interested, you still have to find two or three million quid to put it on. And uh, I've got about four or five of those that, that, you know, so I've got a little stack. In fact, to be honest with you, uh, here's a scoop for your interview. I'm thinking of putting together a fund, which is actually a philanthropic, uh, artistic-based, non-profit-making fund. It, it makes profit for the investors, but only after the, uh, the show's actually been created and the master has been recorded. Um so, so that this, all of the theatrical pieces that I have uh, can be put into that um, uh, entity uh, for the benefit of whatever the charity is. And uh, that's the way I get to see my works um, realised before I leave this uh, mortal coil. As my, my mum used to call it falling off the log, before I fall off the log. Um she was great. She was such a lovely, jolly person, but she did fall off the log eventually. But um, uh, to me, it's more important to get the shows on than it is to make a vast amount of money from them. I, I just want to see them happen. You are an artist, a true artist in, in the real sense of the word, and I would urge you to contact, um, if you, you don't already aware of it, Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester. I was there last week to watch uh, the Go-Go's musical Head Over Heels, which ran for a few months on Broadway and, and didn't go any further than that, and I was staggered by the quality of the cast, by the quality of the production in this small theatre that I know, I was also at um, Newsies at the weekend, uh, and I noticed that some of the cast had been in rent at the Hope Mill Theatre. That seems a perfect platform you see, for you, something like that to use for one of your productions, uh, and maybe that gets a bit more notice from it. Yeah, uh, the people who run the Hope Mill Theatre are great people. Um, I've I've had a little bit of contact with them in the past, um, before COVID, and uh, you know when they were doing they were doing various things. I haven't worked with them, but yeah, maybe yeah, you're right. That would probably be a very good venue for to to put to start kick off one of my one of my productions, one of my things. In fact, I'm, I'm just, uh, here's another little scoop for you. I'm just starting to write a new musical um, with a friend of mine who's a, um, a good uh, playwright and novelist. I'm not going to say who it is because um, it's not really time to announce it yet, but the, the, the musical will be called Railway Hotel and it will be based around the Railway Hotel song of mine, which is about a young man 
who wishes his he could have had the first night with his girlfriend in the Savoy because that's where she deserved to be, but he could only afford the railway hotel, and and that's what the song's about. And funny enough, it's never been a big hit. Uh, it's never been a hit. It's been covered by about twenty or thirty uh, different acts, including um, everyone from the Furies and Billy Arthur to um, uh, Andy Williams. You know, uh, quite big artists have done it. Um, anyway, my thought was to have a musical where it's based at the Railway Hotel and the stories of all these different uh, couples or individuals. Uh, or the landlord, all of the inter- interplay between them, uh, it all takes place in in their railway hotel, but using songs from the, my catalogue. So there might be a Winter's Tale might be in it, or you know, um, I don't know how we would squeeze Bright Eyes in without groans of of uh, oh yeah, he's just squeezed that in. But um, you know, if Abba can do it. You know, I know I'm not exactly ABBA in terms of uh, international recognition, but, hey, um, you know, there are quite a, a lot of songs that could fit into a, a, dr- a drama that would... Uh, would I'd like it to be like a play, play really, but with music. music. <clears throat> and and uh, uh, anyway, so that's, so that's what's on the cards, cards at the moment, uh, amongst the many other things that I'm doing. doing. Well, let's hope that that happens. Railway Hotel, then, would be the title. And if you're wondering what the song Railway Hotel by Mike Bat is like, wait no more. Here it is. Big 
We've heard from Mike Batt. In a moment, we'll meet Matthew Duckett, who is a very talented actor, who suffers, though, from cerebral palsy, and he's been playing the part of Crutchy in Newsies, a Disney musical which is running near Wembley at the Troubadour Theatre, and I got a chance to speak to him, and he'll talk to me all about how he manages that disability when you've heard a song from Beauty and the Beast. Now, I went along to watch the Disney 100 concert at the AO Arena in Manchester this week, and it was fabulous. I'm a big Disney fan anyway. But the standout song for me was How Does a Moment Last Forever from the Beauty and the Beast live-action film, and it was sung by a young lady called Charlie Byrne. This version isn't, but you get the idea. This is the song. It's sung by Emma Watson in this particular version. How Does a Moment Last Forever? How can a story never die? It is love we must hold on to Never easy, but we try Sometimes our happiness is captured Somehow a time and place stands still Love lives on inside our hearts And always will Still our song lives on Maybe some moments weren't so perfect Maybe some memories not so sweet But we have to know some bad times Or our lives are incomplete Then when the shadows overtake us Just when we feel all hope is gone We'll hear a song that no one's more A love Through the darkest of our 
troubles Love is beauty Love is pure Love brings no mind to desolation It flows like a river through the soul Protects, proceeds and perseveres And makes us Still our song lives on How does a moment last forever When our song lives on That's Emma Watson with the film version of How Does a Moment Last Forever from the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. The standout moment for me in Disney 100 the Musical, which was at the AO Arena in Manchester this week, but sung in the concert by Charlie Byrne, who is a very, very talented singer. I hope I'll get to see her again soon. Now, one show I've seen a couple of times is Newsies. It's on in the Troubadour Theatre in the West End. Brilliant, brilliant show. Music by Alan Menken, the great Disney writer. And uh, performed by a very, very talented cast, including Matthew Duckett. Now, Matthew Duckett suffers from several cerebral palsy and he plays the part of Crutchy and so I got a chance to speak to him and ask him how it all works for him but I'm a disabled actor I have cerebral palsy uh, which manifests predominantly for me as a tight Achilles tendon on the right side which leads to a toe lead limp Um, so you know growing up I've I've had a lot of physiotherapy a lot of sort of operations to extend the tendons I've had um Botox. I've spent summers and summers in casts growing up just to try and lengthen and stretch and um, elasticate the the muscles in my right leg. You know, so um, I, I know what it is to have uh, limb difference and to live in a world that um, perhaps doesn't lend itself to um, isn't isn't designed to help you through it. But you know, it's um, it's interesting to. To sort of bring that lived experience to a role like Crutchy, which um, you know, I, th- I think I think in the film version he's originally written as as um, being diagnosed with polio. Uh, it's not as not as clear cut in the stage adaptation. So we've had a bit of uh, a bit of fun imagining what uh, Crutchy's limb difference might be and how my uh, lived experience can sort of bring a little more truth to uh, to Crutchy. You know, whether he. Um, got in a fight with a streetcar and lost or, uh, or, you know, um, got in a fight with one of our rough and tumble Brooklyn newsies. You know, there are all sorts of different backstories that, that might um, try to bring a little more truth to the disability, which I think is important in the modern um, sort of lens for, for stage and screen, you know, let people bring the truth that they bring to the role uh, wherever possible. Which, of course, lends to a very interesting debate, which I'm sure you've had with many people in the past about who should play certain types of roles. You know, that if a, if a role on screen or on stage is a gay person, does it have to be a gay person that plays it? You know, mm. um, Eddie Redmayne, of course, has, has famously done a couple of couple of roles um, like uh, the, you know, the role he played... Um, uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking, you know, and, and watching his deterioration. How, how do you feel about 
about that, you know, obviously being the person that you are? Yeah, uh, there's there have been a lot of discussions. Eddie Redmayne is is one, um, obviously for his portrayal of, of Stephen Hawking, but also uh, for his role in The Danish Girl. Um, there was there was some discussion around the fact he was playing a transgender person. Um, more recently, there's been debate about Taron Edgerton's portrayal of um, Elton John. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's an interesting topic. I um, and and like I say, I think it's important that people bring the lived experience that they can where they can. Um, so that it's it's murky waters, isn't it, Ian? Uh, and I, I don't want to I don't want to sort of um, go wading in. Uh, all guns blazing but uh I, I i do think it's important that disabled actors are given the opportunity to play disabled parts and um that eventually we move to a point where uh disabled actors are put in roles that aren't explicitly uh, explicitly disabled parts that their um body difference doesn't serve a plot or uh some sort of narrative device you know and that we can just sort of coexist uh, within a story and um and show that we're capable of telling that story as well as uh, anyone else and and that it brings a sort of truth you know a, a, a sort of societal reflection obviously when you started your career you must have had i'm assuming some anxiety that a career that the career path that you've taken would not be something that you were capable of um or, or were you always confident that you would be the star that you are now oh ian there was never any doubt <laughs> my name would be in lights i was certain of it no <laughs> no of course setting out um there are always there are always hurdles that you need to you need to come up against and um they're a test of character aren't they like i i i think and i've not really experienced any other line of work so i could be incredibly naive but i think that the performance industry is one where you receive more um uh, what's what's the word? You're told more, told no, far more frequently in this line of work. You get far more rejection in this line of work than in any other, I think. And and you need to develop a very thick skin to be able to get through that and pick yourself up and understand that it's not personal. That the the person the other side of the audition panel, you know, they want you to get the gig. They want they want their job to be as easy and painless as possible. You know, <laughs> everyone um, when you go into an audition or whatever else is is on your side. Um, and if it works out that you're not right for that role, then it isn't personal. They've just got something else in mind. You need to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and go plunging into the next one, whatever it might be. So, yes, there were hurdles and yes, it was difficult. And sometimes I was working for bus fare above a pub. But, you know, those jobs led to stories and discussions and conversations with people who, who you know, really, in, really enjoy or really appreciate the process and and you know it gets you talking in other rooms do you feel like a trailblazer matthew <laughs> i wouldn't go as far as to say that no no i think there are far far uh far better people far more skilled people far better qualified to be such things in in all sorts of fields but uh um names that spring to mind matt fraser um catherine hunter I was lucky enough to work with Arthur Hughes over the summer in, uh, in Richard III at the RSC. He played a brilliant Richard, and I was lucky enough to understudy him as well as be a part of the company. So, yeah, there are there are all sorts of wonderful, wonderful actors in the field of um, disability performance that, that I can only hope to emulate. 
What direction do you think you'll go in? I mean, obviously, I hope that news is keeps getting extended and more people see it because it deserves to be seen by as many people as possible. Um, but once this is finished, will you go back to RSC and Shakespeare and stuff like that? Or have you got other ambitions and other directions you like to go in? Well, thank you, Ian. Yeah, I hope, I hope news lives and lives and lives. It's, uh, it's a brilliant show and, and I think we've done done some really really interesting stuff with the material so yeah i hope i hope everyone gets a chance, chance to see it, it uh, while, while it lives in its current home, home uh, in, in wembley because, because that set just i mean, I mean the, the, the whole space, space just really lends itself to the work he doesn't underestimate that by the way and neither do i or overstate it matthew duckett who plays crutchy in newsies at the troubadour theater in wembley absolutely magnificent set i've interviewed the set designer on a previous show and it's just very inventive very immersive and it's just a great show anyway. Go and see it if you do get a chance. And just to give you a little flavour, here is the song that Crutchy sings himself, Letter from the Refuge. Dear Jack, Greetings from the Refuge. How are you? I'm okay. Guess I wasn't much help yesterday. Snyder soaked me real good with my crutch. Oh yeah, Jack. This is crutchy, by the way. These here guards, they is rude. They say jump, boy, you jumper, you screwed. But the food ain't so badly so far. Cause so far they ain't brung us no food. Ha, ha. I miss the rooftop. There's a cool breeze blowing, even in July. Anyway, so guess what? There's a secret escape plan I got. Tie a sheet to the bed, toss the end out the window. Climb down and take off like a shot. Maybe though, not tonight. I ain't slept and my legs still ain't right. Hey, but Pulitzer, he's going down And then Jack, I was thinking we might just go Like you were saying Where it's clean and green and pretty With no buildings in your way And you're riding Palominos every day Once that train makes Damn this place. I'll be fine. Good as new. But there's one thing I need you to do. On the rooftop you said that a family looks out for each other. So you tell all the fellas for me to protect one another. The end. Your friend. Your best friend, your brother, Crunchy. Live and local across the Ribble Valley, 106.7. This is Ribble FM.
Pirellis and When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Brilliant, brilliant song. Now, you're going to meet somebody who is a real hero, somebody who is a community hero, who cares so much about theatre and giving people self-esteem if they don't become massive stars themselves. Here she is. Hello, I'm Janet and I'm the founder of Inclusive Arts Tameside Ensemble Theatre. I'm currently based in Denton. I'm putting on a production of Titanic the Musical at the Festival Hall in Denton. Which is going to take part in, or place I should say, in July, which is not too far away, is it? No, it's not too far away. It's getting excited. So it's on um, July the 17th to the 22nd with a matinee performance. We're opening it to, ha- to have a, a live uh, stream version as well so people can log on and watch it. Um, and it's just a community production. We've got all people involved from different ages throughout the community. It's bringing people together and it's exciting. I'm aware of the fact that more or less the same time there is a Titanic the musical which is going to be at the Lair and it should be made clear that this is very difficult, different this is an original musical which you're involved in from top to bottom aren't you? Yeah so I wrote the musical um, looking at a little bit of history of the characters that boarded the ship um, back then and it was um it was this year was um, the anniversary of the Titanic as well so I think it's kind of been in the media quite a lot um, so it's been we've got lots of different characters boarding the ship um, we've got from children and families to some of the characters that we might know from the film as well such as Molly Brown the unsinkable Molly Brown and the captain um, and Jack and Rose so there is some recognisable characters from the film but we've gone a little bit different in a different style um, yeah and we've got looked at um, characters from third class right up to first class so we've got the different people involved in creating really um, exciting costumes for these characters as well when the Titanic the musical was coming round to the Lowry and I talked about pe- it to people and I played a couple of songs from it because it's a, a musical that was written about four or five years ago if I remember rightly, people would always say to me, how can you make a musical out of that? You know, it's a tragedy and all the rest of it. So I know yours is slightly different but what do you say to those people? A musical about the Titanic, a ship sinking, we all know how it ends, it's terrible tragedy. How do you make that into a musical? For me, it was really interesting to look at all the characters that were getting on board, and I think it's it's a part, a big part of history, and it is a tragedy what happened. But also, for me, it was more about remembering them people and them characters, and bringing them to life, and and making it a visual um, thing with performance and the music. And, and when you think about the musicians as well, because we ha- do have live musicians that are performing throughout throughout the show. Um, the musicians that were on board the Titanic um, were classed as heroes as well because they supported people throughout that, that, that tragic moment. And also... Um, just all the music that come that that was used in the Titanic will will be um, some aspects of it will be far, performed in our show as well. So I think it's uh, 
we've we've looked at it from a different angle. Um, it is a tragedy, but we've also think it's it's good to look at the history of them characters and look back on and uh, and what you know all them different people that got on board that ship and the memories that was involved there as well. You strike me as being a very community-based person. We're obviously sat here in Denton doing this interview. Where does that come from? What's your background? How have you got to where you are now doing what you're doing? So, um, I've always been involved in dance from from a child and then um, dance local dance classes and dance groups and then I did performing arts um, at, at Tameside College um, and then I went on to do, do a degree in dance and community arts um, at, in, at Bretton Hall University and I've done kind of theatre and performing I, perf- I just did a tour with a dance company after uni but then I've also kind of been a youth worker as well um, I've worked as a dance coach sports development and with Tameside Youth Service with all different young people throughout and community work but families and support work so yeah um, I've just always been interested in um, supporting people I'm a very much a, love just being around people and kind of bringing people together and that's my passion really for, for ensemble theatre um, yeah so my background brings me also to I've had different health concerns throughout my, my life and I've realised that um, the arts can really have a massive impact on people who might have an health condition or difficult with the mobility and the arts should be for everybody everyone should be able to access the arts and it shouldn't for me I feel um, it empowers people, it gives them a voice and it and being creative also has a, a, a massive impact on people's mental health and well-being um, just being around people with similar interests as well so Is this something then that's been given a new kick since Covid because obviously we went through a period though where everybody was locked away um, on their own and maybe you know even people who had some self-esteem and confidence may have lost some of that by being um, alone you know a lot of the time is, is that one of the driving forces behind this emergence now from back into the normal world again that we've had in the last year or two yeah definitely and um, young people's mental health and adults as well um, it, it, it was just when we're getting groups together there was a different kind of response from people. It's, oh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this. Or um, people with the social distancing and things like that. And it, people are, just felt like they really needed that, that confidence boost again. And they really needed that time to, that space to come and meet with other people. Um, and all that anxiety that was built up as well. So... It, it's, it definitely has had, had an impact on people and groups and, and, and definitely the arts because the, the arts have struggled um, with COVID and bringing people back together and now it just feels like it's, it's in the past but it's still had such a, an impact on people um, along the way and, and when I founded Inclusive Arts it, it 
for me the passion was to so we started on zoom and um, doing zoom workshops and and that that was strange to me to start off with um but people was then wanting to meet and wanted to do more things and it kind of grew into what where we are now and um so it'll be three years um on some of it will be going three years this year and yeah it's just grew and grew and grew i'm now facilitating workshops with all different age groups and different areas of the community and yeah it just feels really exciting um and feels it feels good we're hoping that the same side hippodrome's going to come back but well, we lost the oldham coliseum and i know you've had a, at least a a slight benefit from the Oldham Coliseum not that any of us wanted it to go but you've had a little bit of contact with them and benefited from their demise haven't you? Yes we have um, so Oldham Coliseum I used to work with the engagement team um, we put on a, a show which was a community partnership show just before um, it was about to show and um, people from the community came over to watch we had a group in Duckingfield um, and a group from Denton and some of it to um, youth and adults group performed there and from from that we kind of kept in touch and it's been such a it's, um, it's going to have a it's a great disappointment for everybody and it, you know we was all very upset about it closing but the learning engagement team have, have, have supported us and offered to donate some um, lighting and sound equipment for us for the festival hall for uh, ensemble theatre productions so we, we're very you know pleased to to, to accept that and we're also feeling proud for them that they're, they're offering their equipment out to people as well because I think that's a really nice thing to do so yeah Oldham Coliseum are supporting us along the way so tell us now how and where people can see this show where do they get tickets how much are they when's it on give us the sell on Titanic the musical so Titanic the Musical is on the 17th to the 22nd of July and it's at the Festival Hall in Denton and the boarding passes, we're going to have fancy boarding passes and they'll be available from the Festival Hall, Victoria Park Community Centre, from myself at Ensemble Theatre. You can check us out on the website where we're going to have times and places where you can get them. But yeah, get in touch and find out. Um, we're all on the socials as well, so if you want to have a little bit of a look at what we've been up to in rehearsals, look on our socials, Facebook, um, Instagram and on our website, which is www.ensemblefeater.co.uk I'd normally say break a leg but on this occasion I'll say bon voyage yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off we go and you're all welcome on board and look forward to, to, to uh, seeing the performance stage we've got people doing front of house um, uh, yeah all different ages so it's exciting come and see it the wonderful, talented community hero, Janet Fagan. Talking about Titanic the musical, she's given you the big sell. I can't play a song from their version of the show, but hear it from the touring version, which I think is coming to the Lowry Theatre in the non-too-distant future, from Titanic the musical, is The Launching. I must get on that ship.
so a body could walk to America. I'm Catherine McGowan, but everyone calls me Kate. I'm Kate too, Kate Mullins. And I'm Kate Three, Kate Murphy. It must be fate then. It's not fate, it's Irish. Are you travelling alone? Not me, I've got a fella. See that good looking one up ahead? I'm planning to marry him. When's that gonna be? Soon as I meet him.
106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at 10, Donald Trump has pleaded not guilty at a court in Miami as he becomes the first ever former US president to face federal charges. He's accused of unlawfully keeping national security documents after leaving office and lying to officials. There were scenes of chaos outside the courtroom with some supporters clashing with protesters. Mr Trump's been speaking to reporters following the hearing. I think it's a rigged deal here. We have a rigged country. We have a country that's corrupt. We have a country that's got no borders. We have a country that's got nothing but problems. We're a nation in decline. And then they do this stuff. Experts say it could be a year or more before a trial takes place. A multiple stabbing in Nottingham has left two students and a man in his 50s dead. Police believe the suspect killed the 19-year-olds on a street in the early hours before attacking a third person and stealing his van to drive into others. Three were injured by the vehicle. A man's in custody and counter-terror officers were previously involved. This woman saw a person being arrested at gunpoint. So I actually saw them, like, shout at him, like, get out of the car, get out of the car. And then I saw them, like, drag him out of the car and, like, put him on the floor. And they were, like, tossing on the floor a bit. And then, um, yeah, so their weapons were drawn and then they took him away. Boris Johnson's urged the Privileges Committee to go ahead and publish its report on whether he lied to Parliament over COVID lockdown parties. He says let the world judge their nonsense. Meanwhile, the lead lawyer at the COVID public inquiry says the UK may not have been very well prepared for the pandemic. The hearing opened with a video of people who've been affected. Next is apparently planning to sell its fashion chain Reese. The deal could be worth more than £500 million. And and the crime writer Ian Rankin has been knighted at Buckingham Palace. He got the honour for services to literature and charity. That's the latest. I'm Faye De Silva. Welcome back. This is Ian Cheeseman and Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre. We've done loads of great chats, theatrical chat in the first hour and some great tunes too, I hope. Uh, but also in this hour, we concentrate on all the music. So we're going to be playing music from Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. I've picked three of them out. Cats and Phantom of the Opera are on the way. But we're going to start with Evita. Now, Evita came out as a soundtrack album to begin with, if I remember rightly. And Elaine Page, of course, who's the big star, or was the big star of the original version of Evita, was in it. And you'll hear her in just a moment. But do you remember the hit single? And it was a hit single from Evita the Musical by David Essex. Oh, what a circus. Salve, regina, mater misericordiae, vita dulce nuespes mostra. Salve, salve, regina. Argentina has gone to town Oh, 
suitcase and another haul, Elaine Page. I think Barbara Dixon, ironically, did a great duet. I know him so well from the musical Chess, sang the version that was a big hit single again, another suitcase in another hall. But well, that was Elaine Page from Evita. We've got two more songs from this musical to go before we move on to Phantom of the Opera. And as I suggested before, it was a rock uh, opera concept album released in 1976. It opened in the West End in 1978. It won a Laurence Olivier Award for Best Musical. And on Broadway a year later, it won a Tony Award for Best Musical. So it's been very, very successful. Uh, you know the basic concept of it. Um, obviously, Tim Rice wrote the lyrics, and it concentrates on the life of the Argentine political leader, Eva Perón, the second wife of Argentine President Juan Perón, the story story follows Evita's early life, rise to power, charity work and death. And this is the love song, or one of them anyway, You Must Love Me.
We can't finish this segment, of course, without the big one. Don't cry for me, Argentina. It won't be easy You'll think it's strange When I try to explain how I feel That I still need your love After all that I've done You won't believe me All you will see Is a girl you once knew Although she's dressed up to the nines At sixes and sevens with you
local news, weather, programming, or to listen to your favourite interviews again, check the website, oribblefm.com. 106.7 Ripple FM. If you're a newbie to Break a Leg with me, Ian Cheeseman, welcome along. Lovely to have your company. And if you love musicals as much as I love musicals, then make it a regular date, same time, same place, every single week, two hours of all things theatrical and musical theatre. Next week, for example, you're going to hear the final part of my interview with Mike Batt, Nick Winston, who is a very renowned director. Is When I list the musicals he's done, you'll be so, so impressed. And we'll also be meeting Nick Conway, who used to uh, be Billy Boswell in Bread, but he's a big, big theatre fan. So that's next week, for example. In this hour, we concentrate on music. We've also heard, already heard music from Evita, because we're theming this hour on Andrew Lloyd Webber. So what about Phantom of the Opera? That's a biggie too, isn't it?
Sarah Brightman, how does she do that last note? Think of me. On to the music of the night. Nighttime sharpens, heightens each sensation. Darkness stirs and 
wakes imagination Silently the senses Abandon their defenses
wishing you were somehow here. And Phantom of the Opera, before that music of the night. One more to go in this section on Phantom of the Opera as we play an hour's worth of the great music of Andrew Lloyd Webber in theatre. Uh, this is All I Ask of You. Forget these wide-eyed feet I'm here, nothing can harm you My words will warm and calm you Let me be your freedom Let daylight dry your tears I'm here, with you, beside you To guard you and to guide you
This hour we've been concentrating on the great musical theatre music of Andrew Lloyd Webber, principally, of course, with Tim Rice as lyricist. And one particular musical which uh, is, stands out, has some great songs in it, is Cats. But, of course, there was a live-action film made. I know that Taylor Swift, for example, was in that, and it seems like nothing she can touch at the moment uh, does anything but turn to gold. But it, it bombed, didn't it, the film? But the stage musical is still well-beloved by many, many people. So we've got four songs from that musical on the way, starting with The Naming of the Cats. Speck of dust on the floor. Remark. 
to Old Deuteronomy as we feature the musical Talents of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Old Deuteronomy? I believe it is Old Deuteronomy He was famous in proverb and famous in rhyme A long while before Queen Victoria's accession Oh, Deuteronomy is buried nine wives And more, I am tempted to say Ninety-nine and his Numerous progeny pro 
prospers and thrives And the village is proud of him in his decline At the sight of that placid and bland physiognomy When he sits in the sun on the vicarage wall The oldest inhabitant croaks Well, of all things, can it be really? Yes, no, Ohio, oh, oh, my eye. I mind maybe wandering, but I confess, I believe it is old Deuteronomy. for this week. Uh, that is, of course, from Cats the Musical, written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, the great Andrew Lloyd Webber, with lyrics, on this case, by Trevor Nunn, based on the poems of T.S. Eliot. It was written back in 1981, of course, sung primarily by the character Grizabella as a melancholic remembrance of her glamorous past and as a plea for acceptance. It's by far the best-known song in the musical. And... Elaine Page, of course, the one who had the very big hit with it, and it won the best song musically and lyrically at the 1982 Ivor Novello Awards. So that's the last song we're going to finish with this week. Don't forget, I'll be back same time next week with more Break a Leg, great interviews, and hopefully great music as well. Spread the word, tell everybody about it. If you're a musical theatre fan and you're going to be in a show this week, are you going to watch one? There's only one way to finish, isn't there? And that's to say, Break a Leg. Thanks very much for listening, and keep this one in your memory, this show anyway.
FM streaming from our website and on smart speakers live and local across the Ribble Valley Ribble FM news 